Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Duckies and Dargons. My name is the Mayhemvo, and as always, I will be your DM for the evening. Let us recap, shall we? The latest, the last session of Duckies and Dargons. Apologies, I've just heard Anon screaming at one of the cats downstairs, and that kind of threw my, uh, my train of thought there. And I think the cats literally just destroyed something. Anywho... When last we left off, our players found themselves in the curious company of a beholder by the name of Crick. Crick was not very much like beholders stereotypical to his race. In fact, he was a, bit, a little bit of a coward, so to speak, as he was being chased by three rather large direwolves, of which our players very graciously defended and defeated. Although Ilara didn't really have the best of days as the direwolf that she... No, you're not explaining this. You can fuck off. Uh, okay, you, so for you, the sake of... For the sake of... For the sake of my player's emotional well-being, I will not go into it. Although it just... If you haven't... Well, go into if, it. You need to. You need to if you haven't you listened, go back and listen to the episode and you'll understand exactly why Alara is not very happy right now. So, Crick turned out to be part of a beholder smuggling family organization crime syndicate deal, uh, of which he was the logistical expert of after, uh, until such a point as he was banished for losing a very precious piece of cargo. And, uh, Banished with the impossible task of obtaining the heart of a Hydra, and was told never to come back until he had obtained such an item. Uh, and just so happenstance being that, whilst he was out on his impossible mission, he stumbled across our party, who were headed in the direction of the capital, Amdale. After defending Crick, our players were, uh, were promised a reward, and they made their way towards the area known as the Darklands, where Crick's family is believed to host their operations. Uh, Crick very much taunting our players, so to speak, until such a time where he may have poked the dragon a little bit too much and uh, challenged the Raven Queen directly uh, and got struck by a bolt of lightning, frying his perpetual form and leaving him in a constant state of regret, whilst Zaris threatened to freeze him entirely and basically just murder him on the spot, which fits right in with the teenage angst vibe that we get from Zaris on most days anyway. So congratulations, Zaris. You have now threatened a, a, a being of high intelligence and very, very questionable origins. So, ladies and gentlemen, we bring off tonight's session uh our players waking up after a long rest uh in their little makeshift uh abode out in the wilderness so i'm going to hand off over to my players and let them take it from here he's gonna go first <laughs> before i say anything if the beholder was actually of intelligence and of wisdom, he wouldn't have gotten himself in that situation in the first place. I mean, I've already, stated, I've already stated he's a coward, and he was being chased by dire wolves. But 
that's still beside the point that he would still not have gotten himself into that situation in the first place if he was intelligent or smart, as you claim he, that he is. Listen, intelligent people make mistakes all the time, Zyrus. You above that? Not, you, you above not all? Not to that degree. You, you, you above all <laughs> else, you know you, this. You, 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 emotional damage. Emotional damage. Anyway. Anyway. All right. So from what I remember, it is dark and it, it we fell asleep. Yes, you're waking up the next morning. You've had and your long rest. Up the next morning. Okay. So, um, how far is it to wherever Crick is from? Uh, feel free to go and ask him. Uh, <laughs> Converse with your NPCs. Don't break really the don't. don't break the fourth wall and ask the DM directly. <laughs> Okay, listen. <laughs> Just because I have a Deadpool persona IRL does not mean that <laughs> I fourth wall bring break. that into D D. Thank fourth you. Fourth wall break inside of fourth wall break. That's like sixteen walls. This boulder, he didn't have any pants on today. Oh, hey, I mean, have you ever seen a beholder wearing pants before, Alara? <laughs> <laughs> we just feel like a t when you get a tennis ball and just feel like fucking Barbie fucking trousers or something. Oh my god, no, I don't want that image in my head. <laughs> we just anyway. Sounds like my old psychology professor. Lord have mercy. He was a beholder with, with trousers that had no legs. Jeez. Uh, anyway. Uh, Before Cyrus goes completely insane. <laughs> I'm already there. Uh, I'll call out to Crick. Okay. Yeah? And what do you want? How much further to wherever it is you're from? I mean, if we go at the pace that we're currently going at, we should get there within, I want to say, three to four days. Mm. <laughs> what? Listen, ladies, this continent's huge. I mean, we're towards the end of the tribal plains, sure, but... It, I mean, I said we were in the northern part of the Darklands. I didn't say we were that close to the eastern border. How about we just get a firecracker, stick it up your ass, light it up, we hold on to you, you hover, and we can fucking zoom to where you, you come from. Hey, don't threaten me with a, that good time. I mean, would it get it to get it to you where you stay a hell of a lot quicker? Because I'd be up for just him lighting it up, and if if you if you blow up or go on fire, that's just collateral damage. Yeah, collateral schmateral. Do you want your reward or not? Yeah, I'm trying to suggest faster ways of fucking getting it. I mean, does any of you have a dragon we can fly on? Don't fucking mention dragons, you bastard. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it that way. I was just being sarcastic is all. Actually, now that you mention it. Oh, what now, Zaris? You got yourself not, a dragon not, you can fly on? Not, wow. not you. I'm, I'm doing this out of session. Thank you. <laughs> Fucking DM. God damn it. You never stated. 
I'm trying to think. I say possession. Rob, Rob, what is the name of your weapon? Ooh, I'm trying. Uh, if you're trying to figure out what it summons, it's a bull. I know what it summons. I need the stats for it. God, I'm trying to fucking remember them. Um. Anon, what are you doing at this point? Eating sweeties. In session? No, IRL. Okay. I think she's trying to work out how she can make bubblegum larger so that we could fly her. I, I, I don't uh, think it's working very well. There's no on button. Harris, what stats is it you're looking for right now? I need the stats of the bull. I want the stats of the bull. I thought you were, I thought you were the name of the weapon. Um, well, I need the name of the weapon in order to access the stats of the bull. Okay, now that Zaris has actually found what he's looking for. Uh, I'm going to go to Alara and say, so, you know that bull that you can summon? What, Hermie? Yeah. What about Hermie? Um, so, I didn't mention this before, but I know where she originated from, and I know how very handy your bull is. We I... could get, we could use your bull to get there in less time. But... Yeah, but that means leaving, leaving our horses. Um, you know, I know you're quite fond of your horse. I know Adam's quite fond of hers. We'd be. I mean, we don't all have to go there, do we? We just have to have somebody get there quick enough to get our reward and then come back, right? Correct. Yeah. Do your, this is going to sound out of the blue and maybe a bit harsh, but I don't mean to sound harsh. Do beholders fear any species? Hell yeah, we do. We're like, fucking terrified of some shit. Everything's got a predator. I'm personally, right. ter I'm personally terrified of everything, but I know that stereotypically beholders would be scared of shit like ancient dragons, tarasks, liches. Uh, yeah, those are the big three. All right, all right. Say if I do whatever Zaris is suggesting. Say if it's just you and me that go there. What are the odds that I can just go and pick up the ward and walk the fuck out? I mean, if I'm with you, then you've got a better chance because I'm going to have to convince my family that you're good. And you're probably going to have to try and defend me in case one of my family tries to kill me for coming back without the heart of the Hydra. Okay, so then, say if they say something to you, say if it's just you and me, right? And they say something to you, if I threaten them with my abilities... You're dead. Straight up, you'll never walk out of that cave alive. But you said I'm going to have to defend you. Well, they may test you, but if you threaten them... That's like walking up to a beehive and... Slapping it as opposed to walking up to a beehive. Okay, 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 okay. Save my, save my right beer. 
and others start to take it out. Jones like, say if this Ooh, is fine. not, say if this isn't tape drawn, say if I just speak in a slightly aggressive tone, chances of death? 70%. Assertive. I don't know where you're going with this. I mean, you're asking me how likely my family are to kill you. What if I contact my god? <laughs> 85. Considering it... It, will, lit it will literally be a case of bing bong, fuck your life, you're gone. Well, how would you, how would you suggest being defended or... Basically, I'm just trying to, I'm going to try and convince them that you're good. You're not there to harm them. I promised you something, and I'm going to convince them to give it to me so I can give it to you. Because they'll never give it to you firsthand. But they don't like you. There's a better chance than getting them, getting convincing them to give it to her straight away. So, you know? so what I'm hearing is... I can go in with yourself. Listen, and find okay, you. here's the deal. You've got a better chance of me convincing them to give your reward to me so I can give it to you once we get out of there than you have of me convincing them to give you your reward firsthand. Basically, okay. I get the reward, we leave, I give it to you, you fuck off, come back to these two, three, sorry Kala, I forgot you were here, you're kind of boring anyway. Kala just looks up and goes, I will... <sighs> fuck it, I can't be arsed with this shit. Continue. If he, pisses, if he pisses off, we'll kill him later, Kala. Don't worry. Listen. The, flat, the best way that we can do this is me and you go, or me and one of the other three, we go, I get the reward, I lead you back out the cave, I give you the reward, you fuck off, I go back, you don't, know, you, 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 you don't need to know what happens to me after that. I mean, to, I'm kind of considering that it'll be done, done and dusted after that. You come back to these guys, you go on your merry way. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, if you knew who Okay, was. okay, Valera, so... I don't think Zarus is the best one to come with me. I'm not going anywhere with you. Hey, you didn't have to say it so, so insultingly. Second of all, here, the, the weird thing is right to an extent i have a name the weird thing named crick now you see that's right. just rude i had the common decency to label you by your your actual name i didn't add anything onto it anyway if you summon your bull and make your way to wherever Crick is from. Thank you. You take Crick with you, but don't go in there. Let Crick do all the work. If Crick comes back out empty handed, we kill Crick and the rest of the family. Ooh, I like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> I like Wait, I thought there was idea. only one of you coming with me. Oh, there is. Then how the... Mm, okay. We're going... Okay, I'm gonna... You, so, Alara is going to go with you because 
Alara's steed is faster than ours. So you will that the two of you will get there faster. That does not mean that we will not be heading that way. So what will happen is, is that you will get there first. You will try to convince in big bold brackets your family to give you what we owed. If they laugh at your face and tell you to piss off, then when you come back and let us know that, then you die and then we go kill your family. And here's a reason that you probably shouldn't fuck with me. And I'm just gonna, because I, I think, I can't remember if I told Anon Machels or her previous sort of name, but I'm just gonna whisper to where's ears or wherever you'd hear where Zyrus and Anon don't hear me. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna whisper the words December. You see, you see Crick rotate very slowly so that his main eye is just fixated on you and just goes, You're a criminal. I like it. So yeah, if you don't get our fucking reward... You'll get your reward, okay? It's just a, it's just a quick... It's a question of how much fighting we'll have to do in order to get it. I'm counting on none. But, uh, That's why we're going to go with plan A. Let me finish. Rather than plan Little back ball. the fuck off. I mean, You're we could just go to plan B now and kill you. To be honest, Cyrus, I'm sure if we killed them all, we'd have a bigger reward that'd be a lot fucking better. I mean, I'm all for that. Good but luck. But I am willing to sate my curiosity on this crick and see if they will live up to their end of the bargain. You know what, Zaris? Here's okay, here's something for you. I'll do this. I'll be honest with you all, and I'll get you that reward fair and square. In return, if our paths ever cross again in the future, how's about you hold up on one tiny detail? That I kill you on the spot? No, you show me some fucking respect. It's like you respect is earned. And I'm gonna you earn it by getting you this reward, as promised, fair and square, whilst not bringing harm to any of you. That's what I'm allowing you to live for. Okay, then. Then let's go. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you not just... Did you not say when it came to the reward you'd have a selection to pick from? No. Even I will admit to that. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't even know if this reward is even valid or not, to, to be quite fair. So... There is about a 50% chance of us getting this reward, and that 50% chance is leaning towards the ladder of us not getting it, which is why that we come with the plan B. Plan B is kill this little fucker, kill the family, we go take their corpses to go and get an actual reward for their bodies, and we be on our merry way. Okay, you know what? Fuck it. Right, I'll, I'll try and summon... I'll try and summon the bull, but before I do so, do you have any... Let's, do you have any cigars on you? 
I mean, yeah, I have several. Have you got any normals, or have you got any ones that have a slight boost or anything? I can give you... Tell you what, I've got one that will give you an extra set of hands, and then one that will give you a bit of protection. An extra set of hands, which is like, what, does another arm goes out, or like a phantom hand, or what? Um, it'll bring out your your favorite person, your favorite skeleton. I don't think I have. I don't think I had a favorite one of your skeletons. They're hard to pick from. Um. Well, this one will bring him out, and he will obey your orders until the spell ends, of course. How long are we talking here, Cyrus? How long? Uh, Five roughly. Minutes, it's like it's either, roughly, it's either ten minutes or an hour, isn't it? It is the lesser undead is ten minutes. Woo! Got it right and, first time. And the regular summon undead is longer, but I don't have that yet. Yeah, the regular one is an hour, isn't it? The regular one is an hour, but because yeah. we dumbed it down, it's ten minutes. Yeah. Okay. So during this entire time, the, the three of you are having this conversation with Crick. Kala is literally just looking over her belongings and making sure that she is ready to participate in whatever the plan is. She's very much just passive and going with the flow, as is her entire nature of, this is the first time I've ever been outside of Skara, and this is the furthest from Skara I've been. I'm just going to wing it and do what these guys do. She's very naive to this whole making deals with aberrations and making deals that, you know, require a whole lot of trust sort of thing. So, is there any prep work that you guys would like to do before you embark on plan A? Um, I'm good because I've got one Frost Barrier SIG and one Lesser Undead SIG left after okay. giving... Alara, uh, one each of those. Okay. So I'm not gonna craft any more for now. Um, I thought but... it was one you gave me, sir. I thought it was one to summon the. No, I'm giving you both. Okay. Because because essentially you can you can take one before combat, and then as a free uh as a free action, light the other one and smoke both of them to get both of their effects essentially. Um, so that's why I'm giving you both. Okay. Hey, Lara, do you know how long your summon, the summoning of your bull actually lasts for? In game, t oh, how long it lasts for? Um, yeah, how long does that thing stay up for? Time remains by your side for one hour or until you put out of the flames of the sword. Okay, so it's an hour. Once you summon the mate, you can't do it for another week. Ah, there you go then. And the last time we, I know it's been over a week now. Yeah, it's been. Oh yeah, it's been well over a week. No, no, no. It, it, okay, it says once you summon it, you can't bring it out until the next dawn, which is like the next day, twenty-four hours. But if it gets killed, then you can't summon it for another week. Right. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. That, that. 
So essentially, you're just using it for mobility purposes. So you shouldn't get into a situation while you're in the air of getting attacked. Okay. Well, um, if uh, Aaron and Darcy, you okay at the moment for I do my thing? Yep. So mm-hmm. let me let me see if I get. Let me just make sure I'm on the same plane of thought as you guys. Crick and I click on Crick. Crick and Alara are going to travel to the uh the hideout where his family are are homed up. They're going to get that's going to take them maximum of 4 days depending on uh how well Crick rolls for the uh I don't actually I can't remember if I made it a survival or perception to find the like look out for the the markers it would be perception so depending on how long he how well he rolls for the perception it could take a maximum of four days but since alara is faster than you guys that could be cut down to three by the time that they get there do their thing and get back you anon kala and zaris will potentially only be two days into the travel so then, they, essentially, Alara will be a day ahead of us because the nightmare's speed, flywise, is ninety feet. Right. So if you're dashing, it's one hundred eighty. Yeah. Right. So okay. Essentially, it's a full day that you cut off. Yeah. From Alara, okay. and then w- me and Anon will be a day behind. Yeah. And then Alara is going to come back to you guys, with or without the reward, and then you guys are going to either enact plan B or you're going to continue on towards the capital. Am I right? Correct. Just trying to make sure I'm on the same, ple- same level of thought with you guys. He's pretty spot on to me. Okay. So. I would like to say something to the bull and infernal before that um, they set off, though. Okay. Is the bull summoned? Well, let me let me summon him. I'm going to Oof. look. Oh no! No, <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at the at Craig and go right. Craig and like right. Gonna give you a warning. Take uh, about ten meters back. Same to you, Kala. Oh, Just... okay. It's a bull, right? Actually, you could stand ten feet further in. And Kala can stand 10 feet further back, and it will be perfectly okay. Yeah, I'm sure. He, I'm sure I'm he turns to you and just goes, Nice try. Right, just, and then I'll sort of take my rapier up, aim it at the sky, and sort of, well, not wave it like a wand, but just sort of like do some sort of action with my hand. I'll try I and thought summon. I could have, bro. <laughs> Really? Abra Kadabra! Abra Kadabra, you moron! It's a Vada Kadabra! Oh shit! <laughs> I was gonna say, I, could, I was, I was, I was thinking, like, the first time I summoned the bull, I was thinking about just speaking partial tongue. For oh god. Yeah. That is how I'm going to imagine Infernal for the remainder of this campaign. Thank you. Well, good. I'll, I'll, we'll do that one. It's lore now. Well, that second. actually brings me onto a question I've had about D and D for a very long time. What the fuck does deep speech sound like? Uh, technically speaking, it depends on the area because certain areas have like dark it, elves. Oh, is it dialect then? It's dialect. Right. Yeah. Okay. 
Anyway, Elera, you summon your bull. Okay, if the bull is out, then I'm going to say something to the bull in Infernal, because okay. I know it can understand me. Wait, 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 wait. I'm supposed I'm going to go. Right. You, you've met these guys. You know that there's a beholder who we're going to be traveling to where him and his family who doesn't get on with. Gonna travel there. He's and skull then look at the beholder. Very quick and then look back. He's alright. Just don't set him on fire. He's gonna give us a reward and stuff and then But my buddy Zaris, the teasling over there. I sort of put my head to the side. So I can see over the shoulder. Yeah, he wants a few words. Apparently he knows about your origin and stuff. I don't know much about that. So um a few words, and he might explain a bit more about what we're trying to do. But a little louder, Alara. What bit did you get to? No, I'm just saying you need to just be a little louder because you're you're coming in and out a little bit. Oh no, I'm sorry. I was trying to be in the kind of character there, but quite. No, quiet. you're cool. Um, you're cool. Just, just go over to the tiefling. He's fine. I trust him. <laughs> just go and he knows more about you than probably I do. I'm still trying to figure out how I managed to summon you in the first place, but hey, just a word of <clears throat> He knows a bit more about about you. Just and, and about the plan and all that stuff. Just a word of them. You can you can you can walk towards him. He's fine. He's fine. You you walk towards him, buddy. When you go. Okay. Zaris, you see this very, very large flaming visage of a bull stepping towards you. Uh, in Infernal, because I know nobody else can speak it other than me, I'm going to look to the bull and say in Infernal that I know where you come from and I know what your capabilities are. If something were to happen and you sense something is going wrong, send Alara to the ethereal plane. The bull just sort of kicks its two hooves in the ground and snorts at you, sort of giving you the sense that it is agreeing with you. The fuck did you say? For somebody who is so wise and intelligent, Crick, you should know that know me being of, a tiefling I is half of, demon. I know of the racial origins of tieflings. I've just never And it heard shouldn't surprise you that I can speak in the languages of the demons. I've just never heard the speaking of the language of the demons. It's one thing right. learning about how there is a language of the demons, commonly referred to as Infernal, but there, it's a whole other thing, you fucking hearing it. God, you're trying our patience and we're trying to fucking help you to get fucking good terms with family. I'm just, I'm surprised, that's always <sighs> my first time hearing Infernal. This is, this is really cool for me. Well, it didn't come across as you thought it was cool. Ah, da, 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 da. Da, 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 bang, 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 fuck your life. 
And for anybody listening and, at home, yes, I am going to be throwing fucking memes into as many episodes as I can. Just deal with it. I can hate Craig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when the cackle demons get sassy. Anyway. So. But, yeah, I say that to the, the bull, and you said the bull did respond back and a way that I wanted it to. Yeah. So as long as that happens, then whatever happens now is whatever happens. So okay. Ilara, you right. see, you see, Crick, Crick just bull, Crick. You're gonna have to hold on to something because you're not fucking holding on to me. If you, you know don't fly, hold right? on, Ver- I don't have to hold on to anything. I just float. How far? How far? How fast can you float? I mean, I'll do my best to keep up. <laughs> okay. Okay, but we need to fucking follow you, so it's probably best you hold on to the bull. Guide us. Uh, here, okay, here, here's, here's a plan, and I can't believe I'm actually going to have these words coming out of my mouth. Who's got rope? <laughs> no, I'm being serious. I'm being serious. Who's got rope? If you listened, I said I got rope. Okay, I mean, if I borrow it, I'll give it back to you when I get when. Ilara's all clear. I'll give it back to her to give to you. Okay. Okay. Uh, tell you what. Tie one end to Ilara. I'm already doing it. <laughs> you, why, why are you struggling yeah, me to Zaris, this? Zaris, just tie that to Ilara, then tie it to me. Uh, so I tie this here, right? And I pull, like, a huge fucking knot into it. <gasps> you bastard. Yeah, that'll do it. I don't do it. Can't you, can't you loosen it? Just a tiny bit. Just I tightened it just a slight bit more. Oh, I didn't know what you were into. I pat Alara on the head and be like, it's fine. And then in Infernal, I speak the words, right on, Steed. And then I. I was like, shove them off. As the bull, as, my bull, right? as the bull thunders away in the opposite direction from where you guys are standing, all you hear from Crick is, I hate you! You cut out there, DM a bit? It's basically just Crick screaming, saying that he hates Zaris. Well, that was fun. <laughs> so, for the sake of expediency, because I know how long this can possibly take, for the first day's uh, travel, Crick is going to roll perception checks to uh, see if he can track where along the remainder of the tribal planes that the two of you need to go. Okay. This bit wasn't a very high DC because he knows the tribal planes relatively well. So, for the first day's travel, you guys end up making really good progress. You get directions from Crick and you relay them to the bull. You actually, as you get closer to the western border of the tribal planes, you actually see that the ground is slowly but surely changing in nature. The geology is going from very healthy green vibrantly colored grass to slightly duller 
tones of green and slowly beginning to look a little bit more sickly until it turns into almost like a a sun-bleached hay sort of color. On the second day's travel, you actually make exceptionally good progress. You cross the, the western border of the tribal plains into the eastern side of the Darklands. During this time, Elera Crick is relaying you information about the, the area. He's relaying you information with regards to uh, roaming bands of thugs and ogres and orcs and all manners of hostile creatures that like to roam this area. You actually learn a little bit more about why this region is heavily turned a blind eye by the monarchy. Because just the, the, the creatures and the races that live in this region are seen as ones that the, the monarchy doesn't have any chance of having a positive impact on. They've basically given up all hope. On the third day, that's a nat one. On the third, as you, as you begin your third day's travel with Crick, you see him looking around from side to side a lot more often than what he, he already was. He begins to scratch his head and he goes, Listen, Alara, I know I've guided, I've guided us this far so well. I'm having a hard time finding the markers that tell us that we're close. I... I, I don't think we're going in the wrong direction. I just, I, I don't see, I don't see the markers. It's, hmm. The last I, couple of days during this, during this sort of, this sort of trip, Alara's kind of been like, actually a lot more kind of serious, like kind of gone as a kind of bounty hunter, not murdering, but kind of bounty hunter. Bounty hunter kind of sat us off, right? Target destination here. So she's sort of, she's sort of saying, when's the last time you were here? Last time I was here was, Two, three months ago. I mean, my family, my family don't move. Like, they've gotten our hideout really well hidden. Like, they're obnoxiously proud and confident of how well that we've managed to, to hide ourselves. I was actually the one that chose the location. But they were the one that set up the markers. And I don't know. It's going to take me, it's going to take me a while. It's, yeah, it's going to take me a while to find it. Just give me a, give me a minute. And for the next... I'm the, going to speak to the bull and I'm going to say, stop for a few minutes, buddy. Okay. Have a rest. If you drink. want to, if you want to assist Crick, then you can. What do I need to roll? Uh, no, it would be him rolling and he'd be rolling at advantage. Yeah, no, I'll assist. Right, and I'll sort of... Okay. With a 14... You guys, for the entire time that you guys are stopped here, it's probably for about two hours tops, or what feels like two hours. You see Crick is examining the landscape extremely closely, and for describing where you guys are, this is a... It's a it, it's, it takes the form of what looks to be a, a regularly traveled road, but it is really harsh solid clay dirt it's completely gray as far as the eyes the eye can see and 
any life and any wildlife and you know uh trees bushes forestry plant life that you can see is all wilted into such a decayed state where it looks like if you were to just walk up and flick it it would probably crumble into dust crick spends like i said the better part of about two hours examining the landscape before all you hear is there it is i found it right head northeast about uh, i don't know two three hundred feet and we'll be back on track northeast two three hundred feet okay let's go come on buddy you guys make your way in the direction that crick is pointing out and it takes you a while until you, you come to a what seems to be an unnaturally well-preserved tree stump. And it's not in any way, shape, or form looking healthy, but it, in comparison to the rest of the plant life that's in this region, it is predominantly in good condition. Um, you see Crick float down about five feet until he gets to just about the base of the stump. And he looks up at you and goes, This is one of the markers. There's seven of these markers that we place around the Darklands. They're magically preserved. So no matter what happens, they'll always look like this. And this points the way home. This is the first marker as you're coming away from our home. So we're close. We can get there probably by the afternoon. Time to discuss a plan then. Okay. You see him float. You see him float back up to uh, this entire time. He's been like hovering at about shoulder height on you to try and keep that sort of like level eye line with you. Uh, you see him float back up, and he turns and says, "Look, I understand. You guys have got no trust in me. I wouldn't trust me either. And to be frank, like no, no one trusts a beholder anyway. So it's kind of a null and void point." Listen, I, ones I, I tr look, look, the ones I trust now that they're not here. If the ones I trust, I don't really let on that I want hundred percent trust. I've not got a good track record. Okay. So, <clears throat> look, I trust those guys with my life. Yeah, I'll say that. I'm not gonna tell them that, but I trust them with my fucking life. That's admirable. That really is. But like, you gotta see it from my perspective. You guys don't know me from from day one. I don't, I, I don't blame you guys for not trusting me. I'm, I'm a beholder, and history dictates that we don't get trusted by anybody other than our own kind. So, I get it. I do. I get it. I get the, I get the fact you guys don't trust me. But, hopefully, Look, by the time um, that this is all done, you guys will walk away from this and see that not all beholders are bad not all beholders are evil not all beholders are tricksters or out to manipulate people because that's really not my game i want out i don't want anything to do with my family anymore the the life of what we used to do just it ain't for me i want something better i know i've got the capacity to do better i i'm i love knowledge I strive for knowledge. I live to learn. Ideally, not that it would ever be a, ever be a fucking chance in the nine hells of happening, but there was a part of me that wanted to move into the city. I know that that's a long shot in and of itself, but I wanted to. I wanted to be an academic. 
I wanted to teach. I wanted to study. I wanted to go out and do research. And I wanted to, you know, I wanted to make a name for myself. But sadly, when you're born as a beholder, then you kind of have your life all chosen out for you already. I'll make you a deal. But I need to ask one or maybe a few things of you. What did your family do that made you decide it wasn't for you anymore? There's got to be one or two things that made you decide, you know what? Fuck it. Enough's enough. It's, it's a long story. We're smugglers. We always have been. As far back in generations, as far as I can remember, we have been smugglers. And we, we created networks, we created relationships with other pirates and bandits and clans and other criminals. We, we were pretty profitable. But there comes a time when all the negativity, all the backstabbing, the murder, the cutthroat attitude that you have to adopt and you have to abide by and the, the expectation that everybody's going to betray you in some way, shape or form. It's just, it's not worth it anymore. And my father... He's the, the brutal side of the operation. He, he doesn't really care for other people's health and safety. If he thinks that blood needs to be spilled, blood will be spilled. If he thinks that a deal cannot be made without sending a message, he will send a message to get that deal to be made. My family normally smuggle jewels and trinkets and coin and counterfeit goods, maybe the odd little bit of contraband. My brother, on the other hand, wants to... He wants to smuggle people. And I, I'm, not, I'm not for that. My mother's against it. My sisters are against it. But he, he really wants... He's trying to... He's trying to... He's trying to persuade my father to... liven up the range of goods that we deal in and I'm really worried that it's gonna work so I wanted out and that's when they sent me to go and get the jewel I got it I lost it and I got banished it's hard walking away from family and as much as I Detest the life that I'm in right now. I love my family. I don't want to leave, but I know that I have to. Otherwise, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm not living up to the potential that my life can develop into. At this point, like, the minute when you mentioned the family, Alaris has sort of, sort of put her head down, but she wants to not have a conversation, but she wants to send us a quick message to her queen. Okay. Do you want me to send the message first and then do the roll or do the uh, roll first? Roll first. My option is... Okay, cool. Hey! Nice! So, you feel yourself extending your consciousness and reaching out to the Raven Queen. You feel the connection grab hold. 
she comes into your head and says, Traveling alone? This thing, this beholder, as you called it, he craves, no, he, he hungers to change the ways of his species. He's after, he seeks knowledge. He has a bit of knowledge. I think it's sort of like a, a request in a sort of way. Um, I think we could use him. He craves knowledge similar to you. He could relay things. I would. I want to help him. And I want to try and. He says his other, his whole family doesn't really trust outsiders and any sort of sign of hostilities would. Uh, they would cause either my death or something along that or his death or something. I. I read. I really, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to say it again just so I can get my, my facts straight in this one, uh, Queen. This, as I've mumbled before, this beholder could, it hungers for knowledge, it craving to change his ways. I reckon if, if we help him, to either be an academic or get the capital or find some other sort of job, we could use him for knowledge. And I could go to him and find out facts. He could say stuff about hold beholders that maybe we don't know. Interesting. However, however, he thinks I'm not going to walk in with him when he sees his family. I'm damn as hell walking in. I'm requesting slash begging you if anything happens. Is there a backup plan for him and myself come out clean? First of all, it's the first thing. A couple seconds go by before she responds saying, Interesting. Beholder. Is that... Wow. Wow. I thought I was mad. I want to threaten his family in a way that they can get along with people, brackets, people. And also, I'd like to, in the very long run, use them as, we'll just say, part of an army or theirs to favor or something. Just if anything goes, at, goes wrong, we have either knowledge or warriors with us. I'm not, I, not wanting Zara Anon to know anything about this. I think we could use this Beholder and the others. I just want to know if there's a way I can seem threatening that's not going to try and get me killed and him killed. He's, he's different. He's, from the stories that Anon had heard, and I heard brief things in the past, not knowing what they really look, look like, but from what we know, that seems like a good guy. We really could use him. Yeah, right, we could. I'm not gonna sit here You and, see I'm... past and futures, right? Or have visions yes, or past there's, futures. There's... I'm not asking for a spoiler. I just want to ask 
if I seemed a little bit threatened, is there a way I can seem a little bit threatening, but get out of this. It's not advisable. It's not advisable to appear hostile in front of these creatures. They do not take kindly to acts of aggression, and trust me when I say, if he has a big enough family, no matter how much backup you have, it's very unlikely that you will be on the side of the winning team. What do you suggest I do then? I don't just want this before get I what, want the other get ones. What, get what you came for, and get the fuck out. You are not going to be able to convince multiple, highly intelligent and manipulative creatures at the same time. It's all good and well that this one seems to be on the straight and narrow. However, he is definitely, definitely unlike the rest of his family. Contrast his nature to what you have already learned about his kind. If his family are as bad as they say, you will not be welcome, and you will probably be on a very short timer before you have outstayed your welcome. I can only do so much to, re to bring you back to this mortal coil. I can only do it a finite number of times. So you suggest I just wait when he calls in? No. By all means, if you want to take that step, go in with him. Just don't extend your reach too far and try to take something that isn't justifiable. If you want to maintain a relationship with this one, do your best. Do not try to create a new relationship with multiple of his kind. Especially if they're as bad as he says. This one I see good in. I, I, I respect the acquisition of knowledge and teaching. I respect that. I would love to see if it is possible for him to obtain more knowledge than he already has. However, having heard his story and having heard his dreams... Unfortunately, I do have to, I have to agree that it is a very, very far cry for him to be able to get within a thousand feet of the capital, let alone inside it. <sighs> Society doesn't look well upon his kind. That's not... That's not a recent development. It's deeply rooted in the history of this world. It's deeply rooted in the history of all worlds, child. It's just not something that you change overnight. There are exceptions to every rule. There are outliers to every case and scenario and development. People can change. I mean, hell, you could drag this one to the capital and convince somebody that he means well doesn't mean that he won't be looked upon with disfavor and disdain. You bring him to the capital, one of two things can happen. He can either die before he sets foot in the city, or he can go in and he could possibly live a life of ridicule 
discrimination, and prejudice. He will face all of those things if he decides to follow his dreams. And it would be up to him to prove society otherwise. I know you mean well. You want to help this one. And it's admirable. It's great. There's only so much you can do. Now, for the task at hand. If he says you are close, concentrate on your goal. Let us talk about this after you have convened your business with his family. Let's see how that rolls out first. I will be watching. I'm just limited as to what I can do. And you feel, the, you feel the connection slowly begin to wear away. New plan. Huh? I'm going in with you. Are you sure? I'm going in with you. Right. Okay. Say, I'm just gonna say from your... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. I have a plan. Uh, no, that's not gonna work. I'm sorry, I'm not a fucking Hydra. No, it's, no, it's, it's stupid. It wouldn't work. Go on. Let's hear. Right. If we can get about 200 V away from the hideout, nobody stands guard, nobody patrols, nobody's a lookout. I can dispel the magic that opens the door. You take that rope, untie it from both of us, I tie you up to make it look like I've taken you as a prisoner. We walk in, or, yeah, walk, because I'm sure as hell not going to be able to drag you. If we can play it off that I've come to my senses, and I'm offering you as the first person for my brother's new plan, but then we switch it around, and say that if they give me what I want to give you in exchange for your freedom, then we'll call it quits. I'll walk away. I'll never speak to them again. They'll never see me again. I can get you a bit more respect, I've thought. I said to some bowler, and you said I was cruel. You and your family must know something. I haven't. Doesn't mean that none of them have. Look, if it, it, it's a stupid plan. No, let's not do it. Let's just let's just go in. Let's see how this plays out. We'll be fine. I will be fine. You can take my rapier, but you're not taking anything else. I'm not taking anything from you. You've captured someone who's going to look fucking believable. What my weapon has, has been taken or something? Yes, I know you. You guys are powerful. Then stash it outside. <sighs> I'm taking the cigars in with me. I got cigars off the teeth thing. Yeah, fine. It's only cigars. Fuck it, let's do it. Okay. You get you travel okay. for 
the better part of a, about three to three and a half hours before Crick uh, tells you to stop. We're here. Okay. You may need to get rid of him. He's pointing at the bull. Yeah. Um, if I if Crick, if I get rid of him now, we're waiting ages to get him back. That's that's the That's point. a chance we're gonna have to take, because I don't Is know if any... you realize, but he sticks out like bollocks on a bulldog. There's no way he could know where he could hide. He's a flaming bull. Oh, he lights up bang. everything in a twenty foot radius. Right. First of all, stop with the squeaking because you're gonna have to act like a fucking badass when this goes through. I don't know how to take that. Look. Like, I know what you mean. Look, he's a flaming crook. he's a flaming bull, okay? He lights up everything in a 20-foot radius. Where's he gonna hide? Give me a second. I'll walk oh, up Jesus. To the no, no, that's fine. I'll walk up to the bull. I don't speak your language. I just say a couple of things when I summon you. I'm still learning about things. Is there any way, because I don't know how many days behind Zaris and Alan are in Kankala, is there any way you can either communicate or send a signal or something to them explaining what's going on? Any way at all? Before I say my next thing. You see the, the bull duck its head a little bit and just give you a little nudge in your abdomen, sort of like Agreeing with you. I need you to tell Zaris new plan pretending to be captive sorry, pretending to be prisoner wait outside if anything happens I'm sure you'll know about it. Okay. Is, and then before we I'll get before we move on with your plan I will say, Zaris or Anon, go ahead and as you are traveling to catch up with Alara, somebody, one of the two of you make a perception check for me. Or you can assist another, uh, the other in order to give advantage. It's up to you guys. I'll assist to give Anon advantage. Okie doke. My highest was eight. Okay. Okay. Given the information that I'm going to relay to you, that's fine. For now. So. You guys set off about half a day after Ilera and Crick. The way that you are able to keep confirming that you're on the right track is that along the trails of the tribal plains, you see little scorched hoof marks in the grass and the dirt of the roads that continuously go westward. You spend the better part of a day before you cross over the border and the soil and the geology turns from that healthy looking green to that sickly pale and the scorch marks become a little bit more difficult to, uh, to identify. Go ahead and do that 
perception check with advantage one more time. Because I'm assuming that Zarus is going to keep on assisting you. Yes. Huh? Yes. A dirty 20. Dirty 20, you still maintaining about a day's pace behind Alara and Crick. You continue to identify solidly the, the singed uh, hoof marks, even with the, the darkly colored dirt beneath your, uh, your horse's hooves. You still manage to identify that you guys are on the right path. On top of this, about six hours travel after crossing the border into the Darklands, you see that in and amongst all of the decaying foliage and uh, forestry, there's one tree stump that sticks out like a sore thumb. You get the feeling that despite the, well, in addition to the, the fact that the, the hoof prints are traveling close by to that tree stump and in the same direction of it, you feel like you're on the right track. So we're going to move back on over to Ilera and Crick. Uh, Ilera, I'll just say that for the sake of time, Crick takes one end of the, the rope in his mouth and is circling you until you're uh, until you're basically wrapped up in it. Now you're going to need to be and it's going to sound quite crude you're going to need to be fucking believable I've just got my bull to do a favour for me and the bull has been de-summoned now but you're going to need to look fucking badass on this okay? Zaris. There will be if I get at the end, you will. There will be a test if you get out of this. There'll be a. Te- there'll be. I'll. I'll give you. I'll give you your test results. So, Greg, do me proud. Zaris, towards the second, the end of the second day's travel, you feel this presence inside your head. It's not one that you ever recall being on the receiving end of before. You hear in very quiet distant infernal speech it's it the dialect is incredibly confusing to you doesn't sound human at all it doesn't sound like it's naturally spoken it's very broken communication almost like it's a second language or someone that's not proficient with it or doesn't speak that often at all you hear the message of pretending captive Wait outside. Do you respond to the message in any way? I want to be funny at this part because I know exactly how I would respond to this IRL. Uh, what I say. <laughs> Part of me wants to say new phone who dis. Oh my god. <laughs> but way to break way to but this, this you bastard. This episode of Duckies and Argons is brought to you by the motherfucking Delphone. <laughs> uh if you're not a listener of Dirty 20, you're not gonna get that reference, by the way. So no, go, you're go, really not. Go ahead and listen to the Dirty 20 podcast, because I promise you that joke is gonna be lost on you if you don't listen to it. It's even funnier because I said it. Can I roll an insight check to see if I recognize who it might be? You certainly can. 
13. You're pretty sure that this is either the bull that belongs to Alada or someone that you have met before that speaks Infernal. Okay, so I'm going to assume that it is the bull. And if it is the bull, I'm going to respond back in Infernal saying, uh, watch your back. If something goes amiss, send Alara to the ethereal plane. Okay. So, Alara, tied up by a beholder, you... <laughs> not in the, listen, not in that way, okay? That's Duckies and Dargins after dark. <laughs> it is after dark. Anyone would like to subscribe to our OnlyFans, it's now only $5.99 a month. $5.99? No, $10.99. I gotta make that money, guy. Balls with eyes, your eyes with balls. Oh my god. Listen, okay, back to the campaign, because we've derailed so many times. Uh, you shuffle along with Crick as he leads you up to what is the seemingly multiple hundreds of feet tall side of a cliff face. This cliff face is constructed of nearly black obsidian-like rock. And just, unless you were looking for it or had some really reliable and uh, competent source of light if you were traveling in uh, the nighttime hours you'd miss it entirely Crick leads you up and you see him drop the rope the end of the rope that he was carrying hits the ground and you watch as he floats to about 60 feet away from the the cliff face you see every single one of his eye stalks switching and maneuvering in the air before you see this white bead of arcane energy appear in front of all of them and this like fist-sized bead form in front of his main eye the beads come together into a cone and then a small burst of energy fires out at the cliff face to reveal this approximately 50 foot tall archway entrance crick races over picks up the rope and says to you Okay, I've opened the door. Oh, I'm fucking nervous. Let's do this. I'll make you less nervous. I'm gonna act a little bit like a psycho. It's gonna, it's gonna beef you up a little bit more, buddy. Sure, let's go with that. You're telling me you'd rather a more quiet approach? Come on. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, let's, let's go. They, they'll already know that the door's open. And there's not many of us that can do this, so they're going to be wondering who's here. Right. Go on, then. Let's do this. You shuffle along with Crick until you get into the cave, and this cave is unnaturally dark. It is dark to the point where, even with your really good vision, you can't see jack shit. You can barely make out the outline of Crick's uh, floating 10 feet in front of you. And you go down and down and down and down and for what feels like 10 solid minutes until you begin to see this small glow of light around a corner in front of you. 
crick leads you around and it opens up into this large expanse. There's a waterfall about 150 feet down across from you. And this entire area is just lit up with magical low-level light that just bathes the entire area in a very soft glow. It's at this point that you realize that Crick is actually hovering about your knee height. At least the bottom of his rounded form is about your knee height. He's very much low to the ground. He is going to roll a perception check. You see him go as far as the rope will let him. It comes taut. You feel it jostle you a little bit. He peers over the, uh, a ledge and says, Oh boy. Oh boy. They're all here. Okay. Right. Hold on, hold on. Do you want me to act a bit psycho? I'll leave that up to your expert opinion. Sure, whatever. Just do what you do what you think would help us out here. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that to a bounty hunter. Holy shit. Crick leads you down this zigzagging decline before it comes to a level playing field. Lara, by the time you get here, you now see that there are roughly seven beholders in this area. All different colorations and skin tone. There's one that is noticeably bigger than every single one of them. This emerald green beholder about 30 foot in diameter. This is a huge beholder. Skin is ever so slightly wrinkly, showing signs of age in comparison to the others. Just this really gruff voice coming along. Who the fuck opened that door? Oh. Hey! Everybody! It seems the shamed son has returned. I thought we told you never to come back here, Crick. Yeah, well, you know what, Dad? I brought you a gift. You little fucking bastard. You shut the fuck up. <clears throat> Neil. Never. I said, Neil. <clears throat> Father. <clears throat> I introduce you to Ilera. More commonly known in Valorondir as the Disemboweler. You see all of the beholders converge behind Crick's father, and you just see them all look at Crick with this utter discontent, this malice, this pure hatred and loathing. Crick's father just sort of floats back, cocks his attention towards you, Alara, and says, I've heard of the Disemboweler. How the ever-loving shit did scum like you capture the Disemboweler? Well, that's where you're wrong, Father. You see, I'm not scum, am I? I was the smartest one of all of us, and I laid a trap. Fucking bastard! Yeah, yeah, quit fighting. It'll all be over soon. Don't worry. So, 
Father. You're lucky I'm tied up, bitch. Brother. I brought this one as a gift to the two of you specifically. Now, you see, I never find that Hydra. Turns out they're actually kind of hard to find these days, actually. So, brother, you wanted to deal with trafficking mortals. What better way to kickstart your business than with the famed bounty hunter? The one who took down Ravenar. The one who took down Dragon Fang Splitter. Ilara, make an insight check for me. Yeah, I was about to want to. Uh, yeah, that's. that's hmm. Okay. 18. Mm -hmm. If Crick's word is true, and he's the intellectual of this smuggling operation, and has created and been involved in networking amongst the criminal societies of Vardor as much as he says he was, the timeline may ever be slightly, be ever so slightly questionable, but it's not too far from reality to assume that he's heard of what you three have done. Especially if word's gotten around quickly enough that the disemboweler was involved in it. So, remaining in character, but also being slightly confused at what's just, Lara's just sort of heard. She pretends to try and go for Crick. Uh, what, are you, what are you trying to do? Expecting, expecting, sort of like, kind of act in the fact of, like, I'm still like, Lara's like, what the fuck, you bastard. But at the same time, she's like, I need to act on this one. Uh, go ahead. It, so I'll expect Crick to kind of, like, hit me, so I kind of fall down. No, like, go I'm ahead. Kneeling. Go ahead and make... Uh, make a like a, a regular dexterity roll. So not a saving throw. Oh god! Well, you still came out on top. So after you hear that little dialogue from Crick, sorry, you spring to your feet with the aims of coming into contact with Crick. And before Crick can get a, enough of a, a sense of what you're doing and move out of the way, you shoulder into the, the bottom, like the underside of his, his body, sending him upwards a little bit until the rope goes taut. And from what once was a, a kneeling position, you're now back on your feet. It's at this point that Crick is going to try and retaliate by shoulder barging you back down onto your knees. I'm assuming a 17 hits. It does indeed, yeah. Okay. So I need you to make a strength saving throw to determine as to whether or not you're going to go back down onto your knees or stay standing. Just my D20 standard. Okay, so... Oh, God. Yeah. You, fall, <laughs> you fall flat on your ass. I thought I told you to stay down. And I thought I thought I thought you were called scum. <laughs> Appearances. Just wait Just... until I'm untied, you little fuck. Yeah, yeah, no need for that. This'll all be over soon, I promise. So, Father. So you keep saying that. Hurry up with the process. I'm intrigued. So, Father. What shitty torture method. What's it gonna be? 
Are you gonna take this one off my hands? Or would we, uh, like to make a deal? I don't make deals with those that I can't trust anymore. I'm intrigued. Name your price. I'm really considering killing both of you right now. Price is simple, father. 500 gold. And that chest off to your right-hand side. The one with all the diamonds and sapphires and rubies and emeralds and topaz and all the jewels that we've collected over the last year. You give that to me. And uh, let me walk out with this one. Unharmed and unfollowed. I'll dump her somewhere and you can hunt her down. Call it sport. How does that sound? It's at this point that... Crick's father turns rapidly to the chest, sitting off to about 60 feet to the right-hand side. He eyes it up, turning back to his son and back to the chest a couple of times before saying, And how are we supposed to know that this one really is the one you say she is? We've never seen anything about the disemboweler. We've just known them by name. You could be lying out of your scrawny little ass. I'm sure an all-powerful creature ball like you would be able to find some sort of way of finding that out. You see the, the, the beholder float about five feet away from you. All right, then. Little quiz for you. If you really did take down Dragon, who did he work for? <laughs> oh, the Dark Kings. Oh. oh, they were pushovers. <laughs> who did he really work for? Oh, you don't know. Of course you I know. You really don't know? Asking me shy questions like this. Oh, you can do better. Come on. Do something better than fucking questions. Oh, I know who he really works for. Now, go on. You can do better than this. Come on, for, for floating balls, surely you've got a bit more fucking respect than petty fucking questions. Christ, are you all this fucking thick? Ah, uh, they don't know, do they? Would you like to tell them or will I? It's at this point that Crick, you almost see a break in that persona that they've adopted for this facade. And you just see... No, father, I haven't told them. Should we? Not that they'll care. I don't suppose they'll care. But why not reveal? You see, Dragon did work for the Gambit Grask. The Grask worked for me. I work for the man who's responsible for us all. However, not that that matters. Crick, 300 gold and half the chest. 
And this one gets two hours of a head start before we hunt them down. Oh, two hours. Be a bit more fucking fun. Give me 30 minutes. If you, if you guys are all powerful, you fucking see you are. You hear a voice inside your head. I love that to be the last thing. You hear a voice inside your head, Alara. What the fuck are you doing? Why, why are you giving yourself less time to get away? <laughs> can I speak telepathically back in any way? You can, yeah. Do I have to make a roll for that? Or? No. If they... Obviously you know I'm the disembarrer, but... They know, I'm sure from what they think, but what they probably heard is the disembarrer likes to go for impossible odds. Fair enough. If I don't, if I, if I was to say, give me the full two hours, yeah, no, they probably wouldn't think, they probably wouldn't believe it's me. But I need to, I need to big you up. If I act more like a psycho, take up stupid offers, fucking try and make my fucking odds a lot more impossible. You know, I was going to big you up a bit. And you know what? If something happens, fuck it. I don't trust it. I need a it. way out anyway. I don't trust it. But I'm going to trust you. There's better work. <clears throat> Father. 300 gold. The entire chest. Final offer. And this one gets 30 minutes to run away. You know these lands better than anyone. Oh, fuck it. Make it 15 minutes. I'm bored of this. Oh. You're going to turn down this offer, Father. Come on. Are you really going to say no? The price, you'll, the price you'll get for her head will more than compensate what you give me for that chest. And you know it will once you hand them in to the boss. Show your pappy the rapier. You see Crick... Let him hold it. You see Crick wander around to your... Where is it your what side is it you've got the, the rapier fastened well, to? I'm right Alara's right handed, so okay. it would be the it would be left strapped on the left side. Okay. Crick uh, floats on round to your left side and one of his short little arms takes the, the rapier out of the sheath and you see him flip it and catch the blade before holding it out, not letting his father take it, but just letting his father get a decent look at it. A fine mate. Very well crafted. Crick, what are you going to do once you take this haul, if I accept your deal? I'm sure he wants to be in good relationships with Poppy Bull. <sighs> Is your little pet going to keep talking, Crick? Well, I'm fucking bored here, so I'm fucking doing anything to maybe kill me. Might get some fucking release. Alright, Crick. I'll take your deal. 300 gold. The entire chest. And 15 minutes for this one to run away. Oh, right, so, I'm just gonna fucking walk. <laughs> so, how do you want to take your reward? How do you want to take your newfound wealth? Well, you see, Father, I've actually learned a thing or two in my time away. I have a steed outside. Here's the deal. 
You give me the gold and the jewels. You give me 10 minutes to get away. And on your word, which I know is your honor, as soon as I'm gone, you release the disemboweler. And the 15 minutes starts as soon as she gets to the cave entrance. How does that sound? I'll be gone like the darkness of dawn. You'll never see me again. Unless that is, of course, you want me to come back and work for you. I highly doubt it, though. You're right. You're not coming back. Take your haul. Get out of my sight. Or we hunt you down as well. Ten minutes starts now. Uh, Kai, before that was initiated DM, um, am I able to... I know, Crick, uh, telepathically communicate with me. Am I able to do that back randomly, or do I need to wait for him to try and make a connection again? You would have to wait for him to establish the connection first. Bugger. Okay, okay. So, it's at this point that Crick drops the, the rope and begins uh, picking up this about four foot wide by about three foot high and about three foot deep chest and begins dragging it up and towards the exit of the cave. You see his father toss a small pouch that is loaded with what you can assume is gold on top of the, the chest and says, There's your gold. Now fuck off. It's kind of curious that the other beholders haven't really been saying much, but they've been eyeing you up ever since Crick walked you in here. You get the sense that the father is definitely the one that leads this operation, and nobody speaks unless spoken to. You see this smaller, not tiny, but relatively smaller red-skinned beholder behind him just peer around and go, <laughs> Father, is this our first? Is this our first prisoner? Be quiet. And yes, we're going to take this one to the boss. Now that we know that this is the one who took down Dragon, I'm sure they'll be more than happy to rid them of this pain themselves. As Crick gets to the top of the, the incline that he led you down, you just hear him call out, Remember! As soon as I'm gone, they're to be let go. And then, a little bit of fun can wait and start. Fifteen minutes later. Nice dealing with you, assholes. And you watch from over your shoulder as Crick disappears out of sight. About close to the ten minute mark later, one of the beholders comes behind you and you slowly feel the knot that was tying the rope begin to loosen and the rope falls away. It's the brother, the red-skinned beholder. <laughs> you better run. We're coming for you. I'm not running. Take me straight to the boss. I have no reason to run. And then I'm sort of going, I'm sort of like doing a kind of step straight towards the beholder, right? Kind of like a, ooh, kind of thing. 
strength sort of scare him. We'll take you there once we catch you. It's no fun unless we have to work for it. You know what? I'm just going to sit down. You get some cushions in this place. Fucking father, hell. Father. It's disobeying. As much as I would love to destroy you right here, right now, we are bound by a deal. Fulfill your end. And when we catch you, we'll take you to the boss. <clears throat> Run. Can I, can I get a drink or something? Or is there anything to eat you can drink. You can drink my piss once we catch you. If it stops the shite you're talking, maybe. Go. Now. You want me to live. I want to hand you over and then watch the life drain from your eyes. <laughs> Go! Oh, I'm just gonna walk. You've got, the you've got 15 minutes and you follow the incline and you follow the way out of the cave feeling around and now that you're in the darkened section for any obstacles that might stop you from going. It takes you about 10 minutes to get out. Make a perception check now that you're outside the cave. Um. <laughs> okay, okay. And then... <laughs> it's not a high DC, so don't worry. About 80 feet off to your left, you see Crick hovering above the bull, patiently, but very anxiously waiting, shaking ever so slightly as they hover in midair. They see, sorry, they see you come out and they beckon, Crick beckons you to come over. Crick, hurry the fuck up! Jesus Christ, what took you so long? Your species are nervous. You're a fucking psychopath! Jesus, oh my god, you... I, 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 I thought I was gonna fuck this up. You nearly got us both killed. Let's go. Come on, Billy. Get on, and you better hope to god that this thing is fast. And then I'm gonna, uh... <laughs> I'm assuming that you're about to tell this bull to travel as fast as it can possibly go. Yeah, and then something else. No. Oh. No. No. No? Because I told the bull that if something were to happen, and this is one of those instances that if it senses that danger is, it is on its way towards Alara the bull would immediately send Alara to the ethereal plane. This is an instance of that. Okay. We agreed on that. Okay. So Alara is Alara. going to the ethereal okay. plane. Okay, okay, I'll, okay. Okay. Agreed. I did, I, I did have a way of getting Alara out of this, but I suppose your one trumps this. Alara. Well, Alara doesn't know what Alara doesn't know. Alara doesn't know this. So, Ilara, you tell the bull to take off. Zyrus, hear me out for this. Ilara, yeah. make a perception check to see if you can see the first marker 
the marker that Crick spotted that leads you in the right direction. Perception, you say. Cool. Yes. Okay. You spot it. You get about 60 feet away from where you're standing. The bull taking off at full dash action pace of 180 feet. You feel the bull, despite being made of flame, it's getting warm. You don't feel the heat whilst you're sat on top of your, your summon, but you feel warm. And you feel this warmth, not just flicking at your extremities, but you feel it digging deep inside you. Until it becomes this almost fiery-like feeling. Your vision swirling, multi-technicolored patterns floating in your vision. Crick's looking at you as you're realizing this, going, Uh, Galera? Are you are, are you are you are you feeling okay? Fucking what? Okay, something's wrong. Ilera, before you have any time to react, you and the bull vanish, and you when you reappear, you are sat on this crystalline ground. That stretches off in every direction as far as the eye can see. It's starry night above you. Clearest and starriest night you've ever seen in your entire life. The sky is not dark though, it's purple. This beautiful amethyst purple. And there are waves of cosmic light and pattern flowing through it. You have no idea where you are right now. But you get this feeling that the bull does. And the bull nudges you off of it. And you land on the ground. The bull sits down. You now see the chest strapped to the side of the bull. And the small coin purse that was given in addition to it strapped to the, the handle of the chest. You hear this semi-intelligible voice inside your head and the only reason that it's semi-intelligible is because it's being translated into common you hear tiefling made deal keep you safe oh god is there's probably no way I can communicate back in common is there no, no. Zaris as it comes to the end of the third day's travel for you and Anon, just as the sky is beginning to darken, you hear the same voice inside your head that you had the day before. Ilara safe. Other plane. Big chest. And that's it. Okay. Um... I'm going to ask you out of session, Zaris. Mm -hmm. Have you had any thought as to how to get Alara out of the Ethereal Plane? So, the way that the sword works is that basically the, the plane that Alara is in is kind of like 
the polar opposite, essentially. So it, it's essentially like that if Alara could make her way with the bull back to where we would essentially be at, the bull can transfer back to the material plane and be right there where we're at. So in in my mind, knowing this information because of my in, infernal heritage and knowing where the nightmare came from, I would telepathically tell the bull back uh, that information and have the bull take Alara to somewhere close to where we would be at and meet us and then bring Alara back to the material plane because it has that ability. It can go between the two realms. Okay. Okay. Because I was about to ask whether or not I had to come up with some fucking elaborate way to get her away from the no, ethereal plane. No, no. The ba- basically, the way the, the ethereal plane for the next couple. Of yeah, years. basically, that the way the ethereal plane works is that it's 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 essentially another plane, but all the bull would have to do is travel backwards to right. where it would uh, assume where the location is at, where we would be at. Okay. And then go to the material plane at that exact spot. And hopefully we would be there. Now, there is the the circumstances of that. You would have to make Alara roll like perception checks or survival checks or whatever you want to do it to, to see. Yeah, see where you are, can, see where you are in relation to her. Yeah, basically, yes. Yeah. Okay. So um, it, I I was I was accounting for I was that. Do it. I was accounting for that in my head as you were explaining. So yeah. Uh. Okay. So you have the ability to respond to the bull. Now's the time to do so. Yeah, I'm gonna relay all of that information to the bull in okay. Infernal. Okay. Ilara, you stare up at the sky and your surroundings in utter bewilderment. As far as you can recall, you've never seen a, a location that looks this beautiful. Ever, the I know entire I can't communicate with you, Bull. But where the fuck have you taken me? You get the feeling that, despite this entire ground that you're sitting on being made of crystals, it's not uncomfortable. It's not harsh. It's not like sitting on concrete. You stay there for what feels like a day, but the bull nudges you. Almost like it's telling you to get on its back. Okay, then. I as, you, as you saddle up again, you feel that same warm, tingling feeling. And then, you uh, same again, your vision begins to go cloudy. It goes all swirly-whirly. And you pop. I need you to make a perception check for me. Cool, give me a sec. Seventeen. Mm-hmm. You take a minute to look around your surroundings. You're back in the Darklands. From what you can tell, you are about half a day's travel away from where Anon and Zaris should technically be. They're traveling in your direction. You know the direction that you need to go in order to regroup with them. If you want, you can either find somewhere to bed down for the night, 
or you can push and meet up meet up with them again and take one level of exhaustion. Uh, is there any way you could? Well, if we do exhaustion to go back to Zaris and Anon, is there any way that Ilar Ilar would just like kind of crash out? Like, so the way that exhaustion, the way that exhaustion works is if you accrue any levels of exhaustion, you get rid of one of them after a long rest. So gaining this level of exhaustion, you would effectively sleep it off whenever you take your next long rest. So you'd well, be I sort of feel like after what Alara would have seen and witnessed, you would just kind of like just pass out after that. I mean, you could do, yeah. So I just like I'm just I'm just kind of like literally just like kind of passed out on top of the bull. Okay. In that case, uh, what would I have to roll for it? Yeah, we'll we'll roll that. Okay. So if you pass out on top of the bull just now, then the bull is going to travel at its regular pace of 90 in order to confidently lead you back to Anon and Zaris. If it was to travel at its full dash action pace, it would get off track. Anon and Alera. No. Anon and Zaris. As night falls across the, the Darklands, you bed down for the night. You find yourself this little secluded uh, sector of the, the road where you feel is safe enough to sleep off. As you wake up the next morning, you hear the sound of uh, hoofs walking along the road. Zaris, I'll say that with your passive perception, you look down the road and you can see the warm orange glow emanating in the distance. And then after a couple of seconds, you see the bull begin to emerge across a, a small slope, carrying Alara passed out on her back. I'll give a whistle and let the bull know that I'm here. Okay. Ilera, by the time that the bull makes its way over to Zaris and Anon, you you come to. You wake up. You feel like shit. Like, absolute shit. You have effectively just traveled for technically what is on the material plane, two days. And across, you've gone from the material to the ethereal plane and back within the space of, if we're going by material plane timelines, uh, an hour or, you know, two hours most. That takes a huge toll on the body. I'll say that for this day, you're going to have that level of exhaustion. After your next long rest, you'll, be, you'll get rid of it. You come to, just as the bull is about 50 feet away from Zaris and Anon. What do you do? So my exhausted state, Alara's just not saying any words. Uh, she sees uh, Zaris and uh, Anon, and she sort of does that. She she gets off gets off the mount, and she does that thing of just not saying a word, but sort of like you know, like when you're seeing a, a friend of yours, like you pat them on the shoulder, and you just walk past them. Yep, sort of thing. That's what Alara does to Anon and uh, Zaris, and just goes goes to sit down and lights up lights up a cigar. <laughs> At this point, Kala looks over to you and says. 
Not that I don't care. But where's Crick? Mm. I'm assuming the fact that they're not here may, means everything went well. I'm just, I'm I'm gonna look at uh, Zaris. I was taking another puff of the cigar. Not expect not expecting any effects, but just like you want to explain to her. I told the bull because it comes from somewhere I know to take. Alara to the ethereal plane if something were to go wrong. So the bull did that, knowing that something was about to go wrong, and then brought Alara here. I do know about the chest, because I can, I can see the chest. So we at least got the money. Hopefully, because I don't know what's in the chest, but there could be clothing in there for all I know, but Kyla assuming looks... assuming everything else went well, there should be money in that chest. Kyla looks to all of you and says, Great, we have a teleporting bull. No. Oh God, this get can this get any weirder? Uh, actually I shouldn't say that. That's just tempting fate. Ilara, <laughs> what this point? Ilara, have you opened that chest yet? Um, Whoa, that's loud. It's meant to be. <sighs> As I was lighting the cigar. But now I've done this, I'm expecting one of the uh, skeletons to show up because I forgot there's a magical cigar. Well, uh, did you smoke the magical one or did you smoke a regular one? Because I have both. I think you. I, I don't think you gave me a regular one. I think you gave me magical ones. You, right, gave, so... you gave her magical ones. Uh, just for shits and giggles, roll a 1d4 to determine which one of them you smoked. Oh, no. That's a four. Okay, so Larry comes out. Okay, you can control Larry for this bit. Yeah. Oh, okay. shit, I forgot about this. Oh, I thought it was a fucking regular. Okay, do you wander up to the chest? <laughs> I'll just I'll 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 pat the chest and I'll just walk away from it. <laughs> I'm fucking knackered. <laughs> okay. I'll, anybody? I'll go open anybody? It. I'll you, go you, open you're it. opening it. Okay. You open the chest and immediately, and I mean immediately, you are greeted with the sight of overflowing gems. As you raise the lid, a couple of smaller gems fall out of the chest and land at your feet. But this chest is filled to the brim with jewels of different kinds and different sizes. You immediately spot rubies ranging in size from pebbles to the one size of your fists. You see diamonds that are no bigger than ones that you would see on mediocrely crafted rings to ones that are about the size of a gold coin. Zerus can... makes the broadest, grandest smile that you have ever seen in your entire life. 
he turns to Alara and Anon and sees that Alara is passed the fuck out and then just looks to Anon and says, hey, come check this shit out. It's at this moment that you hear a voice, very familiar voice inside your head. You hear the, you hear your patron's voice inside your head, Zaris, and she says, I suppose the little guy was right after all. See what happens when you trust people. Now, do not let this wealth go to your head. I know you better than that. You're not one to be monetarily spurred on. I, I'm not, my queen. I was just excited for the moment. Be excited for the lesson that this teaches you. I know you're skeptical, and it's great. It's fine to be skeptical. Now, if you ever cross paths with that beholder again, I want you to take 1% of that wealth, or at least 1% of your cut, and give it back to them. Speaking of, where is he? Elera? Yeah. Do you want to relay to the best of your knowledge where Crick is? Um, well, at the moment, I've just smoked a cigar and I've got Larry and I'm just sort of thinking to me, so I can control, I can get you to do stuff for All right, buddy. Uh, Larry looks around. He's got a, a, a blunt in his hand. He takes a massive whiff, knowing that he has no lungs, so nothing happens. <laughs> he looks to you and says, What, bro? My Fucking God. hell, you talk just like, like the other one. The, the... Bloody hell. Um, and then, uh, Zarus, when you're speaking to your ice queen, are you sort of like speaking out or speaking in your head? No, it... It, unless she in makes a physical appearance, it's it's all mental. I would probably say if you asked your queen, or if your queen had men had mentioned ask her or something. Oh, she's currently here at the moment, and I be seeing her thought would just be you. So yeah, so she, I Thank I you. can hear her in my head, but she's currently talking to me, and reminding me of that I need to do the right thing, which she is correct on. But that leads me to my question. And as much as it pains me to say this, where is Crick? So you're asking me, you're asking... I'm asking you, Alara, because... Uh, um... Okay. First of all, I challenged beholders. I properly challenged, but no, no, no I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. We went, we went to the, the cave, the fortress entrance, whatever the fuck it was. Then we stopped Rose, uh, Crick retied me to be like a prisoner. I, I got him to tell his kind I was the disemboweler of my actual nature in order for him to be like in a bigger bounty, more believable that we'd get through without dying. But then when, um, when I spoke 
to one of the big bosses. I sort of, he gave me two hours to once he realized who I was, he gave me two hours to escape, and I said, "Fuck it, give me fifteen minutes." But at that time, though, Crick knows more. He knows we took down Fangsplitter. We never mentioned that. <sighs> bat, bat. He got he got he got us a gems, and he got me out of there, sort of through the well, not through the cave, but he met me at the mount, and then we were riding back to you guys on on the bull, and then and then and then you. Oh, essentially the bull sensed the fact of the beholders chasing you. Okay. So... Uh, Crick, I... I, I've got to say he held at the end of the bargain. Like, he was actually concerned because something... I I felt warm and then... So here's my question. Are they going to chase after Crick because of the fact that they couldn't find you? Or is Crick essentially safe because of something that may have happened that you forgot to tell us about. I don't really. Eller sort of brushed off the feet like she's trying to remember everything that fucking happened over the whole time. And so the only really detail she really sort of remembers at this point is like, well, he said like if I was to be there, there, their prison, wherever I, I had a, like time to escape, whatever, and they tempt me down and take me to the big big boss, but. Crick had done a sort of trade where he traded me for the gems and then just to fuck off and this kind of leave him alone. I would presume on that aspect, he might be safe. I would presume. But he was with me next to the mine when we teleported. Okay. So. How many beholders did you see in there? Do you remember? Big, big bastard ball, red bastard ball, another red bastard ball. I'd say about seven. Seven? Mm-hmm. <sighs> and obviously me having to be, obviously showing my kind of my old nature and using my old attitudes, I had to probably rile them up in order to get Crick out of there. Hang on. I said, hang on. All right, right, I thought thought, thought you said, hang on. No, no. (laughs) Make a perception check for me. Holy shit. A dirty 20. Holy shit. In amongst the pile of jewels that is sitting in the chest is a crystalline ball. Beautifully clear, almost perfect in its round shape. It's got something encased in it, almost preserved inside it. It's a small house spider, no bigger than half the size of a copper coin. You're not really seeing anything other than this ball. It's catching your eye. You stare at it for a couple of seconds and you swear on all things holy. You see that spider turn and face you. It's not doing anything. It's not actually moving, but you swear that you see it moving. 
she she puts her hand on the ball and then just shoves it deeper within the chest. As you put your hand on the ball, your vision gets a flash. A flash of someone that you refuse to acknowledge. Very spindly form. Humanoid. Cloaked in shadow and darkness and just this very unnatural physique. Nothing's said, but you just get a flash of this figure. Who fancies blowing this in the capital? We've not calculated how much it is yet. How much? Go ahead I and vote for. Uh, in order to determine how much the value of the chest is, go ahead and make a insight check. I'll say that you, if you're if you want to be really really detailed about it, uh, you spend about an hour emptying the chest and examining the entire contents. Who wants to roll insight then? I got twenty four on insight. Fuck. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> well, it ain't getting any better. <laughs> Add on with the natural twenty. For a 24 on insight. So Anon, you lead the uh the sorting of the, the gems. You spend about an hour's time sorting them into all like separate piles determined by different type. You've got a pile. I've conned enough nobles out their jewels that I know what I'm doing. You have a pile of diamonds, you've got a pile of sapphires, you've got a pile of topaz pieces, you've got a pile of quartz, you've got a pile of rubies, emeralds, uh Amethysts, like as many precious jewels as you can fathom, you have varying piles in different sizes. The quality of these jewels is not the world's best, but it's very good. The total value of this chest, as far as you can estimate, is about 3,000 gold. Noise. So, okay. How much then? How much? With my expertise <laughs> and my so your rogueness and your thievery. All right. How much? In total, this is 30 grand. On top of the 300 gold coins that are in the, per uh, the coin purse as well. All right. So, 300 and. 3,000. Oh, wait. 303,000. 303,000. Three, three it's like, bitch, <laughs> I'm done with my campaign. I'm going the fuck home. <laughs> like, fuck all this shit. Give me, give me my half now. Go home. <laughs> You're making it hard for me to be in character right now. That's like, right. so okay. you're saying what? There's three thousand in the jewels and three hundred and three thousand in the bag. No, no, it's no, no. Three thousand no, no. oh, oh, in God, jewels no. and then another three hundred in cards. I was feeling character in that one, like just after hearing what 
Clowns at their air. So what? Three. 3,300 is what we've got. Okay. Divide that um, up amongst you, and that's what your newfound wealth is as of right now. I mean, However, uh, you know, myself, I went to like the biggest, you know, how, dramas, right? A better, bigger cat. However, mm-hmm. those of you experienced with D&D will know that certain jewels are used as spell components. Yeah. So I I, I know that, but like, <laughs> like that's Wait. why I said I was like when she said three hundred thousand, I was like, you know what? I don't need to go on a campaign anymore. I'm good. <laughs> and on your math is slightly inaccurate because if you remember correctly, Kala wants nothing to do with this. So your actual cut, Ooh. your actual cut is eleven hundred each. So we just got fucking richer. Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, I was already rich to begin with, and now I'm just even more richer. Zars, <laughs> fuck off. Let me have this moment. I've had a fucking couple of days of sheer shite. Yeah. With some good fucking news. Okay. So, I'll say that that's enough time for you guys to recuperate the, during the morning of this particular day. You guys saddle up and begin your travel. Uh, uh, who would be best to make this roll? I'm going to say... Ilara. Go ahead, and make a percep- oh. Go ahead and make a perception check for me with advantage. The only reason I'm giving you advantage is because this is now technically your third time trying to suss out where you are in this particular region. Okay, so one... Two. Well then. Deja vu again. <laughs> you get the feeling that whilst you were traveling with Crick, you covered a fair distance across the Darklands. Given how far you think you cover, you know, how far how far you can cover per day on these horses, you estimate that you are probably maybe about three days away from the capital. You got real lucky with, uh, with using those markers and finding uh, Crick's family hideout. You got even luckier when the bull teleported you back from the Ethereal Plane, and with Zaris and Anon making their way in the direction that you were coming back to them and meeting each other in the middle, you cut off even more ground. You get the feeling that you are relatively close to the capital and that you've made a decent amount of time. So, as you guys set off for this particular day's travel, I would like you guys to roll a... Actually, Anon, since you seem to have really good rolls today, go ahead and roll a d12 for me. That's a six. Six, okay. I've got to scroll down to find the table because I scrolled up to remind myself of something a little while ago. And there it is. Okay. So, as you're traveling across the remainder of the Darklands, you guys see 
increasing traffic along the road. You see wagons of all different shapes and sizes traveling on the opposite side of the road coming towards you. Some of them operated by orcs, some of them operated by goliaths. You also see packs of what appear to be hunters off in the distance, riding on what looks to be wargs or extremely fatal, unkept direwolves of unnatural sizes. You actually watch as one of these packs of hunters hunts down a band of buffalo and their mounts just tear it to shreds. And it's not the first time you guys have been witness to such violence, but the ferocity of these animals is ever so slightly unsettling, and it paints the region in a very disturbing light. You push on for the better part of a day, until as night falls, you come to a small building. A building that looks really, really out of place. This building is a relatively well-built stone house. Slate roofs, chimney that is billowing with smoke, light coming through small windows, and a small, unrealistically healthy-looking garden that just wraps around the building itself. There's this strange smell coming from inside the, the house. It's sweet. Sickeningly sweet. It smells delicious. It smells absolutely incredible. Like the finest baked goods you guys have ever smelled in your lives. You're almost drawn to it. So I need all of you to make wisdom saving throws for me as you get within 60 feet of this building. 18. Jesus, Elera! Mm-hmm. Zarus with the 18, Elera with the nat 20 coming in for a 22, and Anon coming in with the 9 with an 8, plus 1. Anon, you're the only one that fails. And Yay. As Zarus and Elera, actually, I need to make one for Kala. Yep, still the only one that fails. As you guys get closer and closer to this building, Anon, you feel yourself unintentionally guiding your horse closer and closer to it. And the closer you get to this building, the more you want to go inside and investigate. Zarus and Alara and Kala look behind them and see that Anon has somewhat split off from the group. What do the, th what do the two of you, Alara and Zarus, what do you do? Question, DM. Yes? You said it's like a smell, like it, it's like a waft, correct? Yeah. Okay, I want to cast uh, Sculpt Ice to create a momentary wind to pass in front of Alara to move the, the scent out of her face, essentially, 
and cause a, enough of a breeze, a cold breeze, to kind of shock her into reality. I mean, you can do it on Alara, but it's not going to help Anon. You're not Alara, Anon, I'm sorry, Anon. <laughs> Anon, do it to Anon. Okay, go ahead and make an Arcana check for me. Since I, I can't actually think of another role that would be good enough to determine the success of this. And with a plus one... Actually, wait, let me track the days. Yeah, plus one instead of your... What is it, a plus two for your Arcana? It's plus two, it's plus two normally, but it would be a plus one yeah, until the, the week yeah, is over. This, the, you're get, this is the last day. Um... Okay. Ten. You create this cold breeze that you you see you can like you you know what to look for when it comes to your your cold magic. You can see it pass in front of Anon. She still keeps on going. I will do it again. Until it shocks her, essentially, into being like, what, like, you know, nope. I'll allow you to try one more time before you guys are past the building. 16. Okay. Anon, you feel your attention snap to this incredibly cold sensation that is swirling around you. You follow Fuck, that's cold. You follow the direction of the, the wind that's causing it, and it leads back to Zarus. Zarus, what the fuck? Think that you're being put under a spell. So I shocked you back into your senses. Huh. I can smell it too, but that I'm assuming that it's some kind of trap to lure people in. So I made a cold breeze to kind of shock you back into reality. So sorry. That's useful. Thank you. You're welcome. No one else going to talk about what could be in the house? I let's let's, you mean let's, no, Baba Yaga? Let, let's not let's not talk about it. We we know it's a trap. Let's move on. Yeah, but how many others have been in there or are going to probably be several? <laughs> and you and you want to leave something like that standing? You don't want to blow it up? What are the chances that we go over there and there's actually somebody alive? Probably somebody alive who wants to kill us. There you go. I say we keep moving forward, especially with, and I tap the chest, this on our package. Which I went to the trouble of dealing with. Exactly. And I don't plan on losing it anytime soon. No, 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 no. I, you, you guys might not be going in there, but I want to fucking destroy this place, so I'm fucking going. Well, I'm not having fucking... Yeah, we might be fucking murder-hungry hobos, yes, but I am not. I am not wanting to see innocent people die because of that thing. I'm not letting any future innocents get killed. 
Okay. If it is that, so to speak. How about I make a deal then? To, to satisfy your curiosity, how about I make you a deal? Okay. How about I send one like Larry or Jeff because they don't have a smell, so it's not going to affect them any. What if I sent one of them as like a scout to see what it is and then come back and bring us the information? You know what? I'm going in head first. I'm just going to power walk there. Oh my god. So you, you dismount from the horse? Mm-hmm. Okay. You walk up I to the... Swear to god. I am you, not having fucking innocence fucking you, you walk up to where the road meets the grass and you can, you can see clear as day the change in the geology from this dirt track to lusciously healthy green grass. You walk on up to the door and it's at this point that you begin to feel a welcoming warmth. <laughs> like, you're stepping into someone's home and they've got the fireplace going with a really good heat to it. That really welcoming, warm, comforting heat that emanates throughout the house. Beautiful, beautiful dark wood door with a brightly polished brass knocker right in the center in the form of this really lovely braided circle. What do you do, Alara? Well, I'd pr- I would, when, as I was walking up there, I would have, wa- or sorry, trotted up there, I would have wanted, no. When I got off the, when I got off the, when I dismounted the horse, I would have been taking out my rapier, you know, I, I know it's probably going to be a trap, so I'm in the mindset of I want to stop whatever it is. I would, because of the sort of smell being sort of bad, I'd like to sort of lift my kind of Shirt over my nose if I can. And okay. then just, sort of just power walk up there. Okay. Because I'm in the mindset of it's probably going to be injuring fucking innocence. So I'm like, nah, fuck it. I'm just walking up. I'd like to kick the door open. <laughs> Go ahead and make a strength check for me. Oh my god. <laughs> so Alara with the natural one on a strength check, trying to kick the door open, you slam your foot into the the front of the door. This loud, deep thud resonating across the immediate area. You take Four points of bludgeoning damage as your foot collides with the door and just instantly crumples, your ankle twisting. As you misplaced your kick, you overextend your leg and you just you hit it with the the instep of your foot, causing your foot to buckle. You attribute this down not due to anything to do with the actual door itself, but because of your hastiness, your lack of preparation and just your your gung-ho ability your gung-ho nature of i want to get this done you just hastily slam your foot into this door and it's almost like you've it's almost like a sprain you just feel this jostle of pain encircle your ankle after your foot collapsed from inside from inside you hear the sound of what sounds like two pieces of China gently 
touching before you hear a hello who's there uh i'm gonna say mailman make a deception or persuasion roll whichever way you're trying to fucking spend that I, I genuinely don't know which way you're gonna you're going with that i'm gonna do uh, yeah no i'll do persuasion God damn it. <laughs> you hear the scraping of wood on wood before you hear slow shuffle-like footsteps coming towards the door. As I hear that, I want to take a, type, a step or two steps backwards, sort of still sort of holding my sort of rapier at the ready. Okay. A couple seconds go by before you see the door handle begin to turn and doors slowly begin to open, giving a small... An, almost inaudible creak as it does so door opens about halfway before you're greeted with the sight of this elderly human woman hair tied back in a bun apron around her tied in a bow this really nice silken shirt that is just like a very nice rose pink color she looks up to you she's no more than an even five foot she's short slight hunched her back and this pair of really thin wire framed spectacles on her face she looks up at you with a slight tremble not at the mere sight of you but you get the feeling that it's the sort of tremor that comes with old age she looks up and goes hello you're not the mailman no I'm not that spell you're doing what the heck is it Smell? My dear, I'm just baking cookies. Well, if you want to live, I would suggest you tell me what's in those cookies because my friend was distracted and kept just walking up here like in a trance. So you're going to tell me or I'm going to get hungry. Everybody likes cookies, dear. <laughs> yes, I like them, but yeah, I wasn't in a trance to walk up here. So well, I ask you again, you're going to tell me what's in them. Come inside and try them for yourself. No, no, no. You're going to tell me right here, right now. I'm not going to divulge my recipe, dear. That's for me to know when you to I lift find up out. the rapier. I know. There's no need to be getting hasty. Why the flying fuck was my friend in a trance, like completely zoned out, not there? That's not regular cookies. Final time. You're going to explain. My cookies are therapeutic. It's not Go something on. you can explain. Then why the fuck is it putting my people in trances? That's just the, the fumes coming from the oven. Oh, for fuck's sake, I'm going to storm in at this point, pushing past the lady. Not trying to knock over, but pushing past. Zaris and Anon, how far away are you? Are you following Alara, or are you staying on the road on the horses? Yeah, I would have followed Alara, because I know how this shit goes. Okay. Yeah, I'm following as well. Okay. Alara, you push past the old woman, nearly knocking her off her feet. You wander in, and you are stood in this incredibly warm 
welcoming little cottage that is just in it's filled with this sweet home-baked scent and you you genuinely feel like you're right at home you genuinely feel comforted you feel it feels homely but you're still on your guard there's a small bed tucked away in the back right hand corner there's a small makeshift oven made of stone and clay on the left hand side of the room there's racks of shelves along the wall filled with jars of different ingredients and spices and concoctions there's boxes lining the back wall there's just it just looks like a very old-timey very welcoming home Wow. Sort of because there wasn't sort of trance, she's going to go to the old lady, put her against the wall, have the rapier aiming towards her, Adam's Bob's apple aiming towards her kind of throat. This is a fucking trap. My dear, there's no need to get hostile. This is a fucking trap. You stop this, or this blade goes in your fucking neck. If you put that blade down, I'll explain. You've had many times to fucking explain, and it's been riddle after riddle after riddle. They're therapeutic. Everybody loves cookies. Make a wisdom saving throw. God damn it. <laughs> you suddenly believe her. You, you feel like you want to hear the woman out. Zarus and Anon, you stand there watching Alara threaten this old woman with what appears to be death at this point. And then you see Alara slowly begin to back down. Alara, in your head, you hear this voice. Put the blade down, my dear. There's nothing to be afraid of. Well, when you put it like that way. So, because it's getting late, we're going to end there for tonight and pick up with the story of the mysterious elderly baker who can seemingly draw people into her home with nothing but her baking. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in to this week's episode of Duckies and Dargons. We covered a lot of ground both, you know, planning-wise and you know, distance-wise. A fucking understatement for We, uh... <laughs> our players are now 1,100 gold richer each um, and now they are no more than half a week's way, uh, half a week's journey away from the capital, getting closer and closer to their goal of hunting down any information that they can get about who Lucinda Grohl worked for. I wanted, I wanted to take a moment right now, ladies and gentlemen, to be completely open and honest with you. And this is something that I will do various points throughout the campaign 
this is my first time DMing Dungeons and Dragons. I am a brand new DM. I appreciate that I will get a lot of stuff wrong. I will get a lot of stuff mixed up and I will make a lot of mistakes. However, that is part of the learning process, especially for me. And I think it's a part of a learning process for any DM, whether you've got six months or six weeks or six years experience under your belt. So we sped up the travel to Amdale because I didn't want this to, and I'll say it in the exact words that I said to my players before we started the session. I didn't want this to turn into Naruto where there's more filler than there is actual story content. So we're going to get back on track with the story and we're going to continue on with the Vardorian conflict. And uh, let's just see what sort of mysteries Lucinda Grohl was tied up in, shall we? And let's see if we can actually find out who she really worked for. Ladies and gentlemen, my name has been The Mayhem Vote. You guys have been wonderful. We'll be back next week. And uh, as of the time of this uh, session going live, we sincerely hope that you are all enjoying Critical Role's animated series, The Legend of Vox Machina. Because hopefully, by the time this episode goes live, I'll have watched the first episode. Thank you very much for joining. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe, and above all else... Blah, 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 roll for initiative. I'm gonna fucking murder you. <laughs> Come is, on, that's, Zaris, that's Adam, too, why are you not joining in for that's this? That's too weird. thought about it this time, but then I heard you talk, and I was like, no. yes. Okay. <laughs> Okay, that you you, you don't you don't know it you, you don't know it, but you've just screwed yourself. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Good.